having to work the gate when locals would bring their sick kids and everything else to the gate and you have to tell them no i'm not letting you in i can't treat you and these kids are like it'll be something as simple as we just give them some antibiotics and they'll be all right like i i could go i could go back to the hospital right now grab a z-pack and bring it back to the front and this kid will be okay and i would have to say no to this local national because this is for u.s troops or unless you have like some allies or if it's some strategic value What up, what up, what up? It's Three Brothers No Sense. I am Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg. Join my co-host, Buff and Rozzy. Fellas, tell them what's on your mind. For the love of God, give us all of your Hulu Netflix suggestions because I am running low. I mean, I am down to... Though, I, I just watched the show on my DVR it, it was so old, I hadn't gotten around to watching it. The commercials are airing uh, Being Mary Jane. Remember that show on BT with, with Gabrielle Union? The com- like the which you, which you kind of want to watch now, right? <laughs> well, not exactly. But, <laughs> but no, nah, it was some shows called Finding Justice. They had did a series with that, that uh, T.I. and some more people on. I told Fine. you. A hundred humans, man. man. You know what, man? We tried that. It looked kind of... I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. It's, 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 it's social experiments, man. Like, I like to study people and try to learn from observing people. So, you know, that I think it was. It caught me. I didn't. I didn't plan on watching it. Um, I think my stepmom was over here and my wife put it on because it was something she thought she'll like. And you know, you just kind of like sit down and you don't want to change the channel. Like, hold on, this is kind of good. All right, I'll see y'all later. And kept the show going. So. Oh, man. Was, That's how that happened. I, I was watching All American, but it, it it just got a little too cheesy for me, man. So I I bailed on that. But I did find uh, there's a docu series on Netflix called Dirty Money, and they document like the whole Wells Fargo incident, the HSBC incident, Trump. They got a Jared Kushner episode, so I found those interesting. So. If you got any suggestions, please post them on our page. Hey, if you got about an hour and a half to spare, Uncork is really good. It's it's a I little bit. I watched that too. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a good one. So the only thing I got, man, is shout out to all the DJs out there because these live DJ sessions and jam sessions that everybody's doing is getting us through, man. Um, Manny Fresh and Scott Storch last night went so hard man yeah i caught part of it yeah that was a good one um i've been watching uh some little dj out of like prattville alabama doing a uh, blues concert on thursday <laughs> and um i shared that bro don't, don't shake your head the, the blues is the blues man it's good so yeah that's that's been uh kind of i never got it to that i remember we used to come we remember we used to come home from a drill circa 2000 circa 2005 and Fino and Slim. Blue, Blue Saturday. Saturday. Blue yes, Saturday, yep. <laughs> nah, man. I just, man, life was going too hard back then in um, good old Florida. So I was Look. still on that Florida music and 
Nah, so man, speaking I'm of DJs, you, I'm telling you, you go and you put on Hole in the Wall. <laughs> you know, it, it, like all of those, man. Come on. I can listen to one or two songs in a row that I'm familiar with. I'm not gonna just have a blues mix. But hey, I just I think it was just a different environment. But it's, I didn't I didn't get into it before I left Mobile, and um, they really didn't play blues like that in Tallahassee. So I never heard it on the radio station. I was in a college town my, my younger years, and they definitely don't play it in Houston. So you didn't have a Jerry Curl wearing pops. That played it in the car when y'all ride some. <laughs> nah, man. Pops, uh, Pops played R and B or a little, a little gangster rap at some points, you know. Uh, but never, never blues. Now I did grow up. I mean, I trust me, I heard the blues. You know, I grew up in my grandmother's house a lot, so you know, cheating in the next room, all that good stuff. I, I, I got you, you know. So my these last two dollars. Now that that song does kind of ride. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That song does kind of ride. I will give you that. But you know, so it's not like I'm oblivious to blues. You know, I am still from Mobile, and Blues Saturday was not. It was still going on in the '90s. So, you know, I am I'm a. I used to get annoyed because I couldn't listen to any good radio if my CD player wasn't acting up or something like that. So, but. So you've been listening to somebody out of Prattville. So who's your favorite DJ so far? Who brought who brought back the most memories? I think that's what it is for me, nostalgia. Um, I'm a I'm gonna have to go with my homeboy Type Mike when he uh got on. Uh, I mean, it, it, again, it's an easy answer, right? I always go with your homies, but no, when uh Mike started, he did his um mix. I really really liked that one because it had so many on there, like just bangers that we liked and we loved. Um. If you want to talk pro DJs, I will say Manny did it for me uh, when he did his own thing. Not when he was doing him versus Scott Storch, um, but when he did his own mix and he had like playing everything, it was it was just straight 90s, 2000 bangers. Loved it. Mike is a pro DJ, by the way. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just <laughs> like super fan, like like certified yeah, with a check with, yeah. with a check behind it. <laughs> Verified. How what about, about you, that? Buff? We'll say that. Been, Verified DJ. <laughs> you got on any DJ mixes, mixes or anything? I, I I haven't made it to that part of the quarantine where I'm ready to be entertained by DJs on IG Live. So. No, but I, I have seen people enjoying it, and it's a good thing that they're doing because people seem to be liking it. So, but I haven't made it there yet. Well, um, we had two big DJs out of Tallahassee that just brought back memories. So, shout out to uh, DJ Boweezy and uh, DJ KD. Man, I almost forgot KD that quick. So, those brought back memories of just FAMU parties, and when you go in. And they're streaming. I mean, it's a it's a family party in there. There's two, three thousand people in there. I think last time I checked, Boezy's last one it was like seven thousand plus, and you're just seeing names you haven't seen in years, and you haven't mentioned uh, conversations and side conversations. So it was it was good time. So uh, keep DJing to all the DJs. So let us know. Hit us up. Follow us uh, for all, any of our listeners. Add your DJs on there so they can invite the rest of our listeners on there. So, you know, we're gonna have some fun because this quarantine does not look like it's ending anytime soon. Yeah, as far as me, I want to take a second out to just talk about the impact of this coronavirus outside of just the 
the the illness or potential illness itself it's about the financial situation how so many people have lost their jobs i want to say over 10 million people have lost jobs already in the last two weeks yep. 6.6 yeah. million in one week yep for unemployment largest that is that is crazy it's, it's a third of all the jobs that we've added since the great recession in 2008 think about that we've, we've lost a third of those jobs so for any of our listeners or that have suffered from that or have family members that have suffered from that or just people they know man you're gonna make it through it you know my hat's off to you my prayers go out to you on behalf of three brothers man just stay strong and um I guess things will things will be better one day. So just hopefully you guys planned and I mean this is this is this is hitting more than just the fact that you can't you can't go out to eat, you can't, you know, touch anybody, social distancing, the whole the scared being scared about getting sick. It's will I have a job next week? And even after all this, I think the recession is set. I think it's going to take a while and maybe rising and speak to that a little longer, better than I can, but it's going to take us a while to recover from this wholeheartedly. So for all you guys who still have jobs, I would advise you to make sure you're paying attention to your finances now more than um, ever, or at least more than usual. Um, take advantage of some of these, I guess, COVID-19 breaks and yeah. that, that cares and, act that cares act that Congress passed actually is a really robust. Uh, I mean, that legislation is huge. Uh, Two trillion dollars. I know a lot of us going into corporate pockets and things like that. And there's there's contention about that. But, you know, the, the checks that are going out, the relief for people uh, when they have to pay the mortgages, things like that. You're talking about um, being able to go to your banks and be able to get all your fees waived, all your late fees, those types of things. You should be able to get those back. So um, I'll be doing a little bit of a video probably sometime next week about that. Um, just kind of explaining a little bit of it and also just kind of giving some ideas on even if you don't necessarily have to have like that COVID check or be able to um, have to defer or forbear your mortgage payments and things. I'm going to talk about a, uh, a couple of ways that you can get around and use that to your advantage, even if you don't necessarily have to have that forbearance for your mortgage and stuff. So uh, a lot of good information coming out next week. I'll kind of, I got to make some notes about it and, and I'll throw that out there on a video for you guys. And any of you small business you uh, owners, uh, there's things out there for you guys as well. So I know people like Shelly, Waikisha, we have a bunch of small business owners on here that due to the coronavirus, your business is definitely interrupted. So people, please pay attention, go out and use these things that are out there for us. Even if you got to fight for it, that's the reason they have it. And I know a lot of times if it's, if it's just not given to us, we don't take advantage of those programs. And so really, research i'm going to look into some things and hopefully i'm not as knowledgeable as uh Rizzi over here but i'm gonna look into some things as well especially for trying to um support some of these small businesses because i know you know making investments and not turn not having that turn around quick enough is going to be huge i mean big for some people so anything i missed out on fellas i think you covered it all 
Well, because some of us can't pay no bills, let's go pay some bills. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, we're back. Three brothers, no sense. It's question time. But before we get into questions, I'm going to call my boy Rizy out to the carpet and see, do you have a joke for us? And man, is it funny? I mean, I, I was trying to kind of think of one. Um, but due to the quarantine, um, it's just going to be an inside joke. So I don't think I got anything for y'all today. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Bro, can you add uh, a rim shot to that? I know, I know. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> They're getting better or, or worse. I don't. <laughs> they're getting. They're getting. Yeah. <laughs> they're there. What is that? A Dr. Pepper vanilla? Oh, yo, that Dr. Pepper and cream soda is freaking delicious, bro. Hmm. Like, if, you like, cream, some... if you like cream I soda. I love. Yeah. Or, and Dr. Or Pepper, loves cream soda. You can taste both of them in there. So, they're, they're, it is it's not cream soda and it's not Dr. Pepper. You can taste both of them, both of the flavors, like just in your mouth, like an explosion of flavor. Like the little Dr. Pepper dude be like, yeah, like that's how it feels stop, going stop, in your mouth, bro. Stop, 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 like, stop. Stop. You like the flavor in your mouth, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Best cream soda. Sophomore. Go, go, go. Best cream soda. A&W. Hands down. It's A&W. Fago in the bottle. No, no. Oh, though that a cold Fago in the bottle. Yeah. I mean, not the. I'm talking about the, the glass bottle from like I, I 19. Grew up on Fago. I like Fago, but the only one that I would put them number one at is the peach. The peach in the bottle. <sighs> that, that Fago cream soda. When I used to work at Winn Dixie, bro, I used to uh, mysteriously be able to uh, pull one of those away every day for work. I, that was my you, conversation. I'll give, you, I'll give you Fago blue raspberry. I'll put them on top for that. And I'll put them on top for the red pop. That red cream nah, soda is actually good. Nah, but until big, you have big red, huh? big red, you gotta you gotta respect big red. Yeah, big red is yeah. What you, what were you saying about blue raspberry? Does anybody else make that? I'm pretty. Uh, Fago has, or not Fago, but Fanta has a blue raspberry too, don't they? And I wouldn't be surprised if Czech has one too. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure half our listeners have no idea what any of those. Yeah, we we alienated them like we did that uh, B Spice post on Facebook. <laughs> B Spice was a mobile thing, man. It was oh, not yeah, nationwide. <laughs> I remember we, we were sixth, seventh grade. We had a blast with that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that almost started many a fight. So we're, 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 I think the homie Mike James said they call it BB. Where he was from, but it was the yeah. same thing. B Spice rolled in with a game of I can't tell you that was a uh, fight ready to happen. But I digress. So let me bring us in with everybody talks about 2020 being a crazy year so far. You know, trash. Uh, 
2020. So the last few years, you know, the older I get, the the more I realize that, you know, life, life happens. You know, you're part of this thing called life. And so I with the old I used to hate the old cliche saying everything happens for a reason. (laughs) How do you guys feel about everything happens for a reason? That's the remix version of the church saying, uh, uh, well, it's God's way. Yeah. (laughs) Bruh, you know my, uh, how I feel about it at this point in in my life, like, uh, you know, straight BS. Everything doesn't happen for a reason. I mean, I, I, life and the universe is chaos, bruh. That's, that's how I look at it. It's things do happen. Things, random things happen. And, there's no rhyme or reason to it. There is no bigger plan. Um, I just think, you know, good things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to good people. And it such is life, you know. And so because there's no there's no reason for, you know, Jenica to have passed like in her prime, everything good. Like she she was a beautiful person doing things well and for her to pass um you know i don't i don't see where the plan is there i don't see where you know just things happen randomly or or there there's some type of plan for it so but, I, but it's not meant for you to see i mean I, i'm going I'm, I'm being the, the devil's advocate you know there's like or you don't I, see I, the I plan it. yet i get it i get it but you know i i i don't see the the bigger plan and it may not be meant for me to see but i don't know where that's gonna where all those things are gonna tie back together and be like oh yeah here's the reason why my wife passed you know what i mean there i I don't i don't see that now i don't i don't think i'm ever going to see and be able to put the pieces together you know if 15 years down the road i find finally find another wife or another girl that makes me as happy as Jenica did and this, that, and the other, I, I, I don't see that being part of the plan that, you know, I had to struggle for 10, 15 years so that I can find another person like her when I had her, you know? Yeah. And so I, I, don't, I don't see for me, I just don't, I, I don't get it. And I think it's B I, I do. I, I feel like it's BS. And like I said, it's chaos that it, so you do have to deal with it and just understand that it, it, it happens things happen and that are out of our control but for it to to be a plan i'm just i'm not with it yeah well so i i agree with rozzy in a lot of ways but i i do like the pushback that you gave him because i i think that's the automatic thing that people are going to say so i'll just address uh your statement and the family of statements that go with it everything happens for a reason God works in mysterious ways. God doesn't make any mistakes. The only one of those three that I can rock with to an extent is God don't make any mistakes. The whole God works in mysterious ways. Okay, I'll give you that. But I think that's just something people say when they don't have an answer. Same thing with, with your original statement. Everything happens for a reason. People say that because they don't know what else to say. They don't know how to explain it. But, um, God, by, by saying that God doesn't make any mistakes, I can agree with that. And I know that's kind of like the same family, but 
if you believe in a higher being, if you believe in God and things like that, then I can understand one thinking that way. But other than that, man, I, I agree with almost everything Arazio just said. Does it need to be said, though? I think that's a lot Which of times. One? Any of them. You know, because at the time of grieving, you know, is there anything anybody can say like that that just makes it better? Like, you know, Raza, you know, you've had a tough year, tough month, man, you know, and it's God is making mistakes. Maybe he doesn't, but that doesn't help, you know, because I think people try to find the right thing to say and use those words as a, you know, like, I got it. This will make Okay, so the only time I think that would probably need to be said is if you find somebody like questioning God or or, or even cursing God, which is like one of the worst sins ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, then then that's when you probably want to tell someone would listen. I know you heard. Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be Rosio's example. It could be anything. Like I know yeah, you're I, upset. I, mean. I know you're angry, but listen, you got to remember God doesn't make any mistakes. But that whole um, you know everything happens for a reason. I put that up there with. Thoughts and prayers. And I know I've mentioned that on my page before and people have come at me, but I just think 90 percent of the time when people say thoughts and prayers, it's empty as hell. So and I try not to use that. Like, you know, we have a buddy that's going through something with his newborn twins and he'll say, you know, I want you guys to pray. If I say I'm going to pray for you, I usually do it right then. It's not I'll wait till tonight and say a pray. If I say I'm going to pray for you, I do it right then. Other than that, it comes off as empty. And that's the same thing with, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason. It's just an empty state. And I think that's what, what I guess gets under my skin about the whole thing is people are, and I get it. And I probably was that person a while ago until I went through my own turmoil. And you feel like that's the right thing to say. Everything happens for a reason, you know, to take it one day at a time, all those things, you know, the, the little cliche things that you yeah. say to try to make somebody feel better. And I don't think anybody, any of those things that we named, people have malice in their heart. Let me go piss off Ferg. Let me piss off. Let me piss these people off by saying that. But it's just. It to me, it was it was like never the right time. It's like, yeah, you can't like Rodney said, you will tell me the plan. Tell me the reason, you know. Maybe he made one mistake, you know, like it's it's all like it doesn't help the situation. You know, uh, I think the the biggest thing I've had to deal with as of recent, you know, 2018, my wife and I, uh, we had a tough pregnancy and we lost our son. And it was, you know, people reaching out that had great intent. And but it was just like it was a lot of those sayings. And it's kind of like so explain to me why we lost our son. You know, somebody who hasn't been in the world to make a mistake, you know, but and I understood what they were saying. And one of my friends, a good friend of mine, she she I think they've had some similar situations. And she she said the best thing you can always say for you is I'm here for you at the end of the day. Like not I understand, like I unless you do kind of understand and you might only understand certain a certain amount, you know, but hey, I'm here for you. What do you need? What do you want to talk about? Like. That that's it. You know, you can't empathize. You those cliche words really don't make uh, for a lot of people. I'm speaking for me. And once again, these are just our opinions. They're not facts. They're not anything proven. But the way I look at it is, to me, those things don't necessarily help. I don't necessarily believe 
you know, everything happens. I don't, you know, once again, I'm not a believer in absolutes or whatever. What are you about to say? Let me ask you this, though. Do you guys believe some things happen for a reason? Because I do think we do need to go through some type of struggle in order to appreciate the the blessings that we, we do come across. So are some do some things happen for a reason or do you just believe things happen and it's not well, necessarily I don't, for a reason? Well, I don't believe in any absolute. So, of course, some things happen for a reason. You know, I but I, what I will say is, Rising, when you said the world is chaos, when we lost our son, my my take, I learned, I would say two main things that came with that is I learned that I'm a part of this thing called life because it's easy to think those things happen to could happen to everybody else. Those things just don't happen to me. You know, that never happens to me. You know, then we realize that depending on what study you're looking at, one in three or one in four pregnancies in a miscarriage. You're like, well, damn, didn't know that. Like we were part of the number like that. Those things really do happen. But for whatever reason, I was so oblivious that those things can never happen to me. You know, even just those random things that just seem like they can never happen. You know, one in a million people die from this. Yeah. But there's always one person. It just you might happen to be that one person. You know, it just those things happen. The second thing I learned, and it's more so the chaos thing, is the world is perfectly imperfect. Like, and the reason I say that, and I'll use my example, was if one in four or one in three pregnancies end in miscarriage, how many of those miscarriages or complicated pregnancies led to each one of us being here today? I guarantee there was a miscarriage that happened that five generations back that if they would have had that baby, your grandmother wouldn't have been, your great, great grandmother wouldn't have been born. And so because of the miscarriage before she was born was the reason she was born. The reason your grandfather was, you know, it's just all those things at the time. It's, you know, it's a tragedy, but generations later, something not necessarily good, but it's, it's led to the life we live. You know, I, I used to try to, comfort my wife at one point was like, you know, there's going to come a time where you're going to have that, that, that loving parent moment when you look at our next child. I mean, like I couldn't imagine the world without him, even though we lost a son, you're going to be like, Hey, wow, this person wouldn't be here. So that's that perfectly imperfect. You know, that it's all these things that happen, you know, five generations from now when my son has his, you know, kids that have his kids that have his kids that have his kids. And it's going to be like none of those people would have been there if we wouldn't have lost the first child. And it just made me like going through that, just talking to so many people who were searching for the right things to say. And it was just and can't even compare it to what you've been through, Razi. But just, you know, everybody wanted to give you those words of comfort. And it's just like. I, I can't I can't understand it. I can't buy into it. You know, I can't understand why you why would you think that's the right thing to say? Because if, if it is, if it does happen for a reason, please explain to me the reason. Yeah. Like, please explain to me the reason. I like, But I, I like what Byron said about, you know, it, some things happening for a reason. Um, and, and, and I I I agree. Some things happen 
that lead to something else. And so that, that when I say chaos, everybody thinks chaos is a bad thing no. or like, you know, it, chaos means that there is no defining, oh, here's the linear path that is going to go on. It's not it, it's not defined. And so when people say you don't know God's plan, it's because it's chaos, because there is no linear like there's no function that we can put this in and say, ah, here's the answer right here. I can define exactly what should happen yeah. based on, you know, this theory. And so since there is that there's no theory that can actually define it, it's chaos. And so I agree, Byron, when you said, you know, I, I think there is a place for the there's God, God has a plan and everything. If somebody's questioning God, if somebody is questioning their faith. It, and things like it, th that's where you need to kind of bring that in. But I, I don't think you need to say it every time that needs to be your go-to yes. every time somebody is hurting or in pain, uh, because it, it does ring hollow or it just, at that point, they're not going to be receptive to it. Um, you know, and, and I've heard it plenty of times and, you know, over the last month and, and I, I don't, I don't even get mad or anything at anybody else, but I, I, I mean, it, like I said, tell me the plan then, just like you said, Ferg, tell me the plan. Um, you know, I, I can't be receptive to it right now. Uh, and maybe it's because I need to hear it more and more and more. And, and maybe they are thinking that, you know, I'm questioning God or I'm pulling back from my faith because of it, um, because of the situation. And so that's why they're trying to reinforce that and, and right now. But it, it's one of those things that, by reinforcing that, by saying it, a lot of depending on the person, you could push them away from their faith. Yeah. When you, yes. you know, when you bring it up, you know, we pick and choose when we want to accept that too. Because I remember when Hurricane Katrina happened, and a pastor said, "Well, you know, God did that for a reason." Or same thing with 9/11, like God was punishing people. Like people got all upset. Like so, you either believe God does something for a reason, or He doesn't. But yeah. I feel like we pick and choose the feel good parts of it. Yeah, but when you, it's I think, like, um, I think it's, it's like on Vampire in Brooklyn when uh, Eddie Murphy got up there as the preacher and he's like, "Evil, evil is good." Is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think with the Hurricane Katrina buff, it was like when you try to explain God's plan, like when you're like, "Oh, he was punishing," oh, oh, that shit just happened because he was punishing people. Really? Like, oh, you knew. <laughs> Were you on that conference call? <laughs> like, you know, what happened? So all the babies and elderly, all these people that randomly died during this, that was because he was punishing. And, you know, we don't know. Once again, we don't know the plan. But it, 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 would, it would be tasteless, though, like if kids got molested or something like that. You say, well, you know. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and we're talking about personal reason. stuff. Think yeah, about yeah, all like, the... <laughs> All the craziness we've seen, yeah. you know, think about how many kids died in those um, those Trump camps, you know, the deported uh, during the deportation of like yeah. about a year or so ago. All these people that were be kids being molested, you know, like explain that to me, you know, like I can't see it. And maybe maybe I'm shallow or maybe I'm I'm asking too much where I'm like, maybe it's not meant for me to see. You know, it might not be the the plan or that the reason is for me. Maybe it's, you know, according to the Bible, God punished one of his greatest 
uh, people and Job, you know, maybe my punishment or my bit. what I'm going through isn't meant for me. Oh, let, like, me, let me stop. I said on a bet. He punished him on a bet. He had a bet. Oh, yeah. Him, bet yeah. with the devil. Like, <laughs> you know, that's basically so, what it was. It was a bet with the devil. You know, it, yeah. <laughs> that it, Job would it, turn it away from him. Like, let's be honest about what it was. <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't want to get too, too, too deep. You know, I think that's the first time we've actually made a true biblical reference in 30 plus episodes. So uh, maybe it's a 33rd. You know, Jesus died at 33. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but no, uh, that, that was a, what I wanted to hear from that question. Just wanted to get your thought process because even with COVID, you know, we have all these, I'm not going to call conspiracy theorists, but people think there's more to the whole COVID-19 crisis than what meets the eye. Then, you know, like it's martial law for money, you know, the Russians, it's, it's, it's some of everything, you know, I've even talked to somebody like, Hey, the 5G is the funniest oh, yeah. to me, though. 5G. Hey, man, um, it doesn't matter if Trump's uh, popularity goes up or down. There won't be an election in no, um, November. You know, if this, you go into the polls in November, Buff? <laughs> With a mask on and gloves. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he got to go, bro. <laughs> no, no more than 10. Don't care what's going on. <laughs> no your vote's going to be, your your one vote is it. Yep. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> Whoever the Democratic candidate is wins Virginia. By one vote. Oh, man, that's hilarious. What y'all got for me, man? I'm sipping on this gin and tonic, so let's keep it good. Uh, So we talked about our jobs several times on the show, and I have a feeling what you guys' answers are going to be because you're, you're too goody two-shoes. Uh, so I have a follow-up question for it, just in case y'all go to route. I think you're going to go. But let's start with the original question, which is the jobs that you had in your lifetime, has there ever been a, um, I guess, an ethical dilemma in the course of doing your job that you had to either put your ethics aside in order to complete the job or I don't I guess you just outright didn't do it. You just found a way to get out of it. But has there ever been a, um, you know, ethically questionable task that you had to do within one of the jobs that you had? You know, my first job out of college, I sold cigarettes, right? <laughs> <laughs> I literally worked for Big Tobacco. All those ethics got put to the side. <laughs> Uh, what's crazy is I had did some research prior to graduating on, never mind. That's just my research pretty much counteracted what I, what's what I did, you know, surfactant production, all that kind of stuff, talking about the, all kind of crazy stuff. And yeah, I sold big tobacco. So probably once a week I got cornered by some mother or whatever the case may be. How could you sell cigarettes? Do you know kids are buying these things? Ma'am, tobacco is a, a product that is for adults. And it says as soon as you walk in the door, if you're under the age of 18, that you shouldn't do it. If you look at the Surgeon General warning, yada, 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 yada. And I almost had to. I was so good at just making myself believe things. I started believing what I was saying. Like, look, my my what I got good at. It, it was like, look, I've done some research once again, back in my in my younger years on all these things that were carcinogenic. 
everybody and their mother knows that cigarettes are dangerous. I noticed you have a Diet Coke in your um, in your shopping basket. Aspartame. <laughs> there are there are items in that Coke that you're looking at right now that are under FDA research to have carcinogenic effects. Oh, I noticed that you have some Lunchables in your like. I'm just going down the list like these things are under research for having health that are have health risks, but we don't question those things. We still give them to our kids and stuff like that. Yada yada yada. But we know cigarettes kill. So everybody, a five, six year old knows these things are dangerous. So people are making their own choice about something they already know the dangers of. So, yes, ma'am, I'm okay with selling cigarettes. I wasn't okay with selling cigarettes. <laughs> I, I, was, I was fooling myself, man, but that, that was it. And I, no, I can't even say that. My former car, the car company, I used to upsell people. They didn't need that. I used to tempt people to get them to. Buy insurance and crap and ups. Yeah. You need credit life on this loan. Yes. Oh, yes, you do need credit life on this loan. Or, or those, <laughs> or you see those bootleg insurance. Like, ma'am, you know you can't um, get in my car without that. With that insurance you got. Why? Because, well, it's not going to cover my car. Technically, I could not, I could not rent to them, but I couldn't force them to. I could choose not to rent to them because I didn't feel comfortable. But I cannot force them to buy the insurance. Oh. But I force them to buy the insurance. For her. <laughs> hey man, I need my numbers, man. I need these. I need to get my numbers. It, when I look back on it, it was so crazy. Just because those are the people that didn't need my insurance because they messed up my cars. At the end of the day, it's almost like having. Um, they'll have full coverage on a car, but we were self-insured, so. You buy insurance for twenty dollars a day, and you bring back my car. And you got five hundred dollars worth of damage. You walk away scot free, but that five hundred dollar damage that t- that that's coming out of my branch profits. They used to kill me, bro. I had by my last call three months there, I had three total losses. People completely total out my car that had insurance on it for maybe two three days. So maybe forty thousand dollars worth of damage, and I probably collected. $200 worth of insurance. <laughs> yeah. So that's not, that's not ethically, ethically wrong. Then that's just a good business decision. That's really what that is. Uh, that was a horrible business nah. decision for me. <laughs> I was forcing people and stuff, man. Like I was, it's, look, the, it's the, the law of numbers though. You have to what, sell enough of that insurance to cover what, those $40,000 losses. Depends on where you're at though. Like I was in that branch. My branch was like the East side high of enterprise, man. I literally, <laughs> I, did y'all know hookers work during the day? Yeah. Um, no, dog. Yeah. I didn't know that. Maybe I was blind. My branch was on the corner of 59 and Bissonette, so any of my Houston listeners. And that's the number one row in Houston. Like, 7 o'clock in the morning, and my branch was right next to one of those uh, cheap pay-by-the-hour hotels. So it was going on. Dog, 7 o'clock <laughs> like in the morning. Like the Star Motel in Mobile? Yes, dog. (laughs) Dog, you could could set your watch by these chicks walking up and down the street. And I'm not, this is not the back street. This is like my branches on the corner. They'll walk up, walk down the service road. Uh, The hotel's here, strip clubs, probably like a half a mile down. They make, they made their stroll. Like you can time them. I remember one time I came out, ended up leaving the house late and. 
I guess some dude tried to rob one of the the, the daywalkers. I called them the daywalkers. <laughs> the daywalkers. Police caught him. <laughs> shot the dude. Shot the police. Police shot him. So when I pull up, it's like yellow tape murder scene type thing. Like that's where I was at. So that area, I had strippers paying for uh, rental cars and cash, trying to pay in cash. So when I say I'm making them, because of course. They don't have insurance. I'm making them buy insurance. The law of averages weren't in my number. My my uh, yeah. law of numbers wasn't, wasn't good for me. Like, they're going to mess this up. And they already knew the game. Lo, let me get that full coverage. <laughs> you got to the point where they already knew. Let, let's go ahead and get that full coverage. Oh, Lord. Because <laughs> they knew. They so, already knew. I, I I was the same way. I mean, when I um when I managed Westgate on uh, Arkadelphia, Boulevard is that same thing happening. I used to, all my other branch manager friends, I'd like have an email blast where I would tell them the story of the day about the prostitutes and the cops and everything else that was around the branch. And be like, so here's what happened today, you know. So I, I get it, man. But you know, I'm the I'm probably the straight laced one of the group. So you're a banker. Yeah, and I'm a banker. So ethics. In my job, I don't really have to worry about. I mean, true, my current job. And since I've been there since college, I don't have to worry about it. But I think the biggest one for me, and Ferg, you probably are right there along with me, is when we were in Afghanistan, having to work the gate when locals would bring their sick kids and everything else to the gate, and you have to tell them, no, I'm not letting you in, I can't treat you. And these kids are like, it, it'll be something as simple as we just give them some antibiotics and they'll be all right. Like I, I could go, I could go back to the hospital right now, grab a Z pack and bring it back to the front and this kid will be okay. And I would have to say no to this local national because this is for us troops or Uh-oh. unless you have like or allies. Some allies or, you know, the Italians will pop and it was like... value, like, you know, if if it's a, a local Mukhtar, a like local Sheikh that brings that kid up and it's going to actually help us have some strategic value, then, yes, we will take that kid in. We will give them that Z-Pack. We will do whatever we, whatever we need to. But, um, you know, if it's some local random local that rolls up and they're like, please help my baby. And you just got to be like, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I mean, that that. Ethically, for me, no. it was just I, I felt like it was wrong, but but you know we had to say no. Do you remember the one dude? He was one of our first patients when we got to Afghanistan. He was a landmine victim, seven mm-hmm. landmine, uh, partial amputation of his left leg. So he went back to Bagram for maybe two, three months. Forgot all about the guy. We had an incoming chopper one day, dropping. I think they were picking up patients and they ended up dropping him off. So this dude is in the middle of Afghanistan, war-torn country. I think his house was maybe 10-plus miles away. And to a taxi there would have been maybe $5. And instead, they wanted to make us have him hobble home on. Did we let him keep the crutches? They wanted us to take them back. We let him keep them. Yeah, they wanted like, to take the crutches back. We were supposed to take the crutches back. It was and like, no, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're, we can't use them. They're unusable. So we just gave them to them, quote unquote. 
And so we let him, I think he stayed cause it was late. So he stayed in, I think the hospital that night or something like that. And yeah, we had to guard him the whole night. Yep. Yeah. And we couldn't find a way. It's like, dude, I'll pay $5 out of my own pocket, but it was unethical. We cannot, we personally cannot pay for him for transit for him. So I think what we end up doing was, what was, was I think Norman? we gave it to the Terps and then let the Terps pay for it. Yeah, that's what it was like. Normine. No, we had Normine or whatever. What was the guy? Yeah. Was it yeah, Normine? Normine, yeah. Normine, who I do not trust. Did not trust. <laughs> I didn't trust the Normine. The random either. guy that just looked, looked too much like a. If this would have been a movie, Norm- he would have been a guy like, I think he's the bad guy. No, Normine, like, he's a- was, Normine was our guy that if we needed something off the local community, we called Normine and Normine would get it. We'd be like, Normine, we want a satellite. And he'd be like, oh, no problem, my friend. And then the next day, we had like this big, huge satellite dish. And it might already have wood planks. Like he stole this shit from somebody's roof or something. It was already used. It was a new satellite. You had wires already on it and all this stuff. But we gave, I think we gave him or the Terps the money. And said, we told Normine to buy something, whatever the, whatever the overages was, overages were, or the change was to give it to him for, uh, his taxi. But that was kind of crazy. I, mean, I couldn't sleep that night. Well, mm-hmm. I couldn't sleep because I had to guard him, but I couldn't sleep that night. The military definitely probably both. <laughs> Let me stop. And I'm pretty sure you dealt with a lot more than that in, um, Iraq. Yeah. Rise, the shit you had to see. Yeah, man. I mean, so that, that ethics, you, it it's a thin line um because the thing about it is you have to you have you can be ethically sound because you know I was a contracting officer rep so I had to be ethically sound um when I did contracts and things like that but at the same time you're doing things that are in the best interest of the military that they don't look at it as an ethical issue and maybe it's not. Maybe maybe it's a moral issue more than it that's is. I was gonna say, it's, it's your ethics. You can have that's, an ethical that's, issue. That's, that's that's what I should ask. Moral. moral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can so be your ethics think, versus your morals. Ethically, yeah. it's sound, but your morals, you know, because even with uh, the guy, it was we didn't want that to become a norm. We didn't want to be all of a sudden setting up a transit system, and that becomes the expectation. Because yeah. once you do it for one person, you can expect it. You know, they can expect you to do it for everybody. So. So, 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 Rosie, when I said you're a banker, I didn't mean that as bankers are squeaky clean. Oh. Like, you, you may be, but, <laughs> you know, 2008 did happen. I mean, yeah. Bankers, no, I mean, you know, I made a joke about, I, I made a joke about credit life because, you know, when Ferg was talking about the insurance and, and there, there's all kind of little things that, you know, bankers will pitch and upsell and all kind of other stuff. Oh, you need these seven things when you come to open a basic checking account. I got to get you all this other stuff and everything. And and a lot of times bankers do that. And, you know, I, I had to make my sales numbers too. I did it. But the thing about it is I, I did stick to my morals and like one of the things I learned in sales training was we don't sell a customer anything that they don't need, but we sell them every last thing that they do need. And so that's how I always kind of looked at it is out of those seven things that the bank wants me to um, sell them, I can find three or four that I really feel like they do need, you know, Hey, you need a checking account. You need a savings account at some point. I need to get you uh, to pay yourself. So we need this automatic transfer. So there's things that I can, but I'm, I'm educating them and I'm, I'm telling them why they need these things, not necessarily just kind of doing it just to get them out of the door. And so I think that's what a lot of times happens with like wells and things like that. They, they were so big on share wallet 
that they talked about cross-selling to the point where bankers were opening up savings accounts, doing an automatic transfer, sending out the debit card, and weren't even telling the person that they were doing all of it. They were, It was just automatic. Oh, it's a package deal. All of it comes together. And so they were just sending it out, and the customer walked away thinking all they had was a checking account. That was the problem. That's really why Wells got the the big um you know lawsuit um, behind it. So it it really comes down to you can be a banker and be ethical and at the same time hit your numbers, but it's hard. It really is hard. It's because you have to talk to five, six, ten, twenty more people than that that banker that's kind of skirting it or even going across that ethical line. And and Wells was forcing those bankers to do that, so they were. You know, if they disagree with it, going against their ethics. But, you know, bankers, man, they, you know, we always talk about how Miami was built off of drug money, but they were allowed to do that because the banks down there were helping them launder their money, like knowingly helping them launder their money. So, um, Ferg mentioned selling cigarettes. You know, I'll talk about some of my jobs. I worked at McDonald's and I think just like we, just as much as we shame people that smoke cigarettes, I think we could make a fair argument. We could shame people that eat fast food the same way. I mean, that food is just as dangerous as cigarettes in a lot of ways. But without mentioning specifics on my current job, um, <laughs> like I said, I, um, I yeah. worked it. That's the worst. Put it like this. Put it like this. I haven't done anything against my ethics, but I am, a, I am a police officer and I work around Congress. So, you know, I'll say, given the position I have, I can't speak out like I would like to when I see a Philil, uh, I mean, Philando Castillo getting shot down or uh, Tamir Rice or things like that. Like, you know, I have to watch what I say about specific politicians and, and things like that that I may disagree with. So maybe not anything that I'll sacrifice ethically, but it definitely prevents me from like completely speaking my mind if I had a different job. But and, go ahead. I think that's, is that code switching again? Are we back to code switching? That, that, well, code switching is more or less like how you, it like, like when I'm talking about this, yeah, what I'm talking about is the absence of an opinion versus catering. Oh, yeah, I get it. Um, you know what I mean? You know, I'm in sales, so I do the same thing. You know, for you guys that don't know, I haven't watched the NFL since. 2017, 2000. I forgot. I don't even know how long I think now. It's been about three seasons for you now. So yeah, so I'm in sales here in Texas, football, the football capital of the U.S. and Cowboys, Houston Texans, and everybody. I'm in sales, so I'm going out. People want to talk about the game, and I'm just. I gotta act like I'm, because the last thing I can say is this black guy is boycotting football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't want to be. You already don't want to be the angry black guy. You know, there's so many conversations about I work for a company that sold payroll and payroll services during the height of Obamacare. You know how many Obamacare, Obamacare conversations I was in and, you know, people that these old business owners that did not want to per- have to purchase life and I mean, um, health insurance and have their opinion on having a report to the ACA. I mean, I'm sitting there just biting my tongue, listening to these people call him everything but the N-word, you know? So I'm like, just go ahead and say it so we can just get this conversation over with. Like, just call, call him what you want to call him, you know? And it's, are you are you just that free or are you trying to see how I'm going to respond? 
Yeah. And, and because it was the same thing in banking with Dodd Frank. Like I, I was just like most of the stuff in Dodd Frank makes sense, man. Like <laughs> the Consumer <laughs> Protection Bureau makes sense for us, but as a banker, you know, that's going to hurt mm-hmm. our bottom line and that's going to hurt us. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I had to do that same thing and listen and bite my tongue because again, you, that is totally code switching. I you you have to kind of play that game and and I'm I've been really good about being able to say I disagree but not go so far that you know I alienate my coworkers because I know they are you know totally against it and whatever. I have walked out of a meeting before though. I have walked out of a meeting where customers like you know what I think this is better left with somebody who who you can um talk to a little more freely. I, I appreciate your time and uh I'll I'll follow up. You know, and just got up and walked out. And I was like, I'm already in Texas, and I was in, I was in the outskirts of, I think I might have been in Alvin or something. Like, think about Mobile and being, whatever is outside of Theodore. You know, like that's where I was at. But I think the, when I look back, sales makes you, sales is very sketchy. Right. Because I remember when I did, um, I think my craziest jobs were when I did telemarketing. I worked for one time. I worked for the Fraternal Order of Police in in, in Florida, and so I would call. Yeah, I would call, and they prey on these elderly people, you know, in the the areas where the retirement communities and stuff like that. And my first week, I wasn't getting anywhere with Tavares, so I became Ferguson. Uh, and it was, you know, I turned my my I turned my ethnic voice off. And you know, became Ferguson. No, I've got it. You got to go see the movie. What is it? Uh, Sorry to bother you. I think it's the code switching movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you got to go watch that. It's exactly like that. It really oh, is. Oh, I'm gonna check that out tonight. I'm gonna check that. And out so, tonight. I mean, I literally, but I'm sitting there knowing these people because I had to get paid. You know, I was a broke college student, and I got commission for getting these people to commit. And when I look back on it, knowing. I knew it wasn't just like I knew I was selling to people that probably couldn't afford it. But now that I'm older and understanding what fixed income really is, because all these people are on fixed income mm-hmm. and I'm getting to donate one hundred, two hundred dollars a month or that two hundred dollars at one time. You know, whatever the case may be, you know, can I fire and can I count on you? <laughs> I, had, I had a southern draw and everything, man. Like and it was just crazy. And I just felt bad after it. I just, I just, I think one day I had this one lady and I think I sold her and I just felt bad. And I just, I got up, went to the restroom and I just never came back. That was my last day working there. I just, I couldn't do it. So specifically, I will name one thing at my job. So I believe in peaceful protesting, but I've had to arrest people that protested because you can't disrupt Congress when they're in session. So that's not like a, I wouldn't call that an ethic thing, but that's something that, hey, on the, on the surface, I believe in what you're doing it, doing, but you're just doing it in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I gotta, I gotta do my so, job. And, and I've also done sales. I worked at Sears, uh, telemarketing where they would call and ask for parts, but we had to like, you know, try to sell them more than one or like sell them something else related to it. A yeah, but it's not as bad as you people in Mobile that worked at West. Everybody that worked at West, everybody that worked at West, if you worked at West, you did something unethical. And I'm talking to you too, Tabitha. Yes. West, is, West was a big party. 
<laughs> Summer 2000? I, I, I worked at West Wet like three weeks a month, and out of it, I think I made like three sales. No. <laughs> we <laughs> sat next to each other. <laughs> and and if, that, if you were successful at West, you did no. some unethical things. <laughs> we were at 8.50 an hour or something like that? <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> it was crazy because it was like... I was jealous of people working at West, man. The, the thing about it, what you don't realize is me and Rising have been in constant competition since the mid-90s. So I can go two days without making a sale. If Rising made a sale that day, oh, bitch, I made two. Like, it was just out the blue. I can I can go I can go weeks without making it. Oh, oh, Rising just got a sale? Oh, I got I to gotta outdo you today. Or you know, so that was that was my motivation. They hire everybody. <laughs> I don't know why anybody, they anybody that came out there, they hired them. Oh, I think we interviewed and started working the same day. <laughs> I think did we did we interview together? Was it like Step Brothers? <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I think we went in, we applied. <laughs> They called us back separately. They told both of us to start, and then they sat us right next to each other. And we did. Yeah, we started the, yeah. like the same day. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, bring All us right. home. Bring us home, Raz. All right. I had I had a longer one, but um, we've gone kind of long, so I'm a, I'm gonna shorten this one. I'm just gonna wrap it up with I was watching Godfather because that's favorite trilogy, hands down, ever. But I saw a post after because you know Siri be listening and. As soon as you watch something, like stuff start coming on your feed that looks like it. And so I saw a post on Facebook that said Goodfellas versus Casino. Yeah. Which I've, one was better? I've I've asked this question before. I mean, like, it's the same movie. No, no, it's not. It's, they, it's, they're it's, very it's, different. It's, uh, it's not well, it's not very different. They're essentially the same movie. Um, but I go with Damn. I got, you know what, go for You know what? I, my, my answer is going to be quick. Like, I've seen both of them multiple times, but Goodfellas stood out a little, little more to me to the point where I rolled Casino, almost like Byron, into one movie. Like, I think, like, oh, what happened to this part? Oh, that shit, that's Casino. Like, like I'm wait, I'm literally waiting for parts of the movie to happen. And it's like, oh, that's the wrong movie. So and Only because Joe Pesci was in both. Joe Pesci plays the movie. And, and Robert and De Niro. Right. Yeah. yeah, De Niro. But Pesci was like the same person in both movies almost. They they both use music throughout the whole movie. Yeah, it, they're the same movie. Just one <laughs> is in Vegas and, and one is wherever Goodfellas is. So I'm doing Goodfellas. in the Bronx, man. right? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Joe Pesci. So it comes down to which role was Joe Pesci's be- best role. Which, which which one do you appreciate appreciate him more in? So you know, Man, so I'm funny, got- funny like a clown. <laughs> what am I, ha ha funny? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So my, my my Joe Pesci part is on Casino when he comes to Rob De Niro's house when he has to walk from the golf course mm-hmm. and he catches the banker. It's like, man, you're a hard guy to catch up with. <laughs> Dude's like, well, I told you, you know, you may lose some money. He's like, yeah. I think I haven't explained to you what I do for a living. <laughs> <laughs> that part right there, Sam, <laughs> makes me want to pick Casino. <laughs> I I can't pick, man. I can't pick. They're they're both great movies. I I'm, I'm going good. I'm going with Goodfellas, man. I just feel like Goodfellas. I don't know, man. Um, you know, I'm gonna go Casino. I go Casino. Mm. Uh, I mean, you're wrong. Any particular but reason why? Just, just, just. It, I, I think it has more scenes that I laugh at, like the one I named 
when uh, Robert De Niro had to kick old boy out for having his feet on the table and Joe Pesci called and I, it just has more scenes that I like when they, when they meet up in the desert, when the F did I ever ask you to move out here? Huh? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love it, man. Plus, I might have to watch that this weekend. Yeah. Well, I might have to watch both of them this weekend again. Yeah. yeah. For me, it, it's, it's casino uh, because I, I feel like the, the, the story has a better arc and it ends better. Like the, it, it all comes together. Goodfellas for me at the end, when he's running and, and, you know, he's thinking the cops are um, like chasing him. He's yeah, all he paranoid and he's yeah. like starting to trip on. So I, it, I, it loses me at that point. And so for me, casino ends better. And I think they just learned. Cause I, I want to say Goodfellas came out first and then casino, they came out around the same time, but I want to say Goodfellas came out first. And I really do think they kind of learned from that and they wrapped the story up better. Yeah. Um, so casino that extra, I think it's like 20 minutes longer. That extra 20 minutes made a big difference in actually being able to finish out the story. So yeah. for me, it's casino. Got yeah. It. Whenever I got arrested and stuff like that, it it, it could have ended. It could have ended about 20 minutes earlier. So mm-hmm. I stick with it. I just, I like, I like, I Joe, I like Joe Pesci better in Goodfellas. Yeah. yeah I He's a made man, you know, <laughs> I, and I feel like, I guess because I saw Goodfellas first, I feel like I almost feel like Casino was a sequel to it, or you know, like it was, it was a follow up. So it was like seeing, and like you said, Byron, it was so close. Seeing Goodfellas first took away some of the oomph for Casino for me because it's kind of like, well, I've seen this character, like he already made his mark. Joe Pesci is the perfect middleman, mid-level asshole with the Napoleon complex chip on his shoulder, all that stuff. Who's who's made like you can't touch him. So that was a good one, man. He I, never got made. He never got made in Goodfellas, though. Yeah, he, he tried. Did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Luckily. Yeah, exactly. He would have been crazy as a made man. Oh, man. Like, oh, uh, like, oh, boy, son on um, um, Ozarks. Oh, I haven't, I haven't, I, I stopped middle of season two on Ozark. Oh man, you, I just, you know, I just like, I, I just, I think I just got not lost. I stopped watching it, and it's hard for me to pick stuff back up if I stop watching it. So, mm, gotcha. But, fellas, is that time? So, um, what you got to leave us with? I just want to plug. Um, we talked about you know shows. Rosie's last question was a movie. I just want to plug Mixedish man. I don't think it get as much love as Blackish, but they go there on Mixedish as well. Like with the whole mixed couple thing, like the last one of the episodes I saw, a black family moves into the neighborhood finally, and they're like happy to meet Rainbow's mom, and then her dad walks in, and it's like how they start treating it. Yeah, <laughs> so they they go there on a lot of things, man. So uh, the writing for both of the shows and even Grownish are great. So. If you haven't checked those shows out, you know, pick up those episodes. And again, please send recommendations on Netflix because I'm 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 running low. Yeah. Well, I haven't okay. got on Mixix yet because Gronish. I, I started watching Gronish. My wife actually really likes it. We watched the last few episodes, uh, a few episodes last night. I just I think I was so oh I think I was so impressed with the main character in the beginning on. Uh, blackish, and then when she got to college and kind of just went wild. So I'm like, I need a, a young female role model for my daughter. And it's like, this might be it. 
Oh, never mind. Oh, Zoe she's, ain't it. Zoe's <laughs> Zoe like, not it. On growing, she was like, she was such like you're like, okay, she got some personality, she's confident, da da da. Then she get to she gets to grownish, and she just wilds out like, name it, drugs, alcohol, like everything. And I'm like, I think I'm over it. I can't. I think I stopped watching it as much because I was just so disappointed in her. Oh man, I disagree oh, with y'all. No, man. yeah, that, I think I think her her. her I know, growth. but I'm just saying I was looking for a young black female role model, and she 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 broke my heart. <laughs> so I, I like mixish because um it's literally my life like yeah, yeah. it's so funny um growing up i dealt with all that stuff that they deal with you know the the black auntie that's talking all that stuff about the white <laughs> uh daddy like i i remember my auntie the, Nick yo, talking the, stuff about my dad like <laughs> the dad don't look white though the, that's the, thing. Grand, the granddad is like the that's like my favorite racist on TV, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he be tripping me out, man. Yeah, man. So mix no, uh, yeah, it hits home. Man. I like I'll, it, I'll check man. it out. But no, like your dad to like, it, it's I know he's Italian, but I still don't want to make him. I, I still want to make him black. Like until like you, the this month, this past month, like meeting Chrissy and stuff like that. It's like, oh yeah, that nigga ain't black. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's like. What are these white people doing at the house? You know, it's like you know, but it's like like you really see it's like he do really got white relatives. Like and I like they came they came to your graduation and stuff like that. I've known you for twenty plus years and I've been around your family, but it's just like it's moments like that that hit like, oh, I forget this dude is not really his his family ain't all black. You know, because that like you see that that is like you like lights can't do from Mobile. You know? Like a former you know? the barge. Yeah, like you get on a former the barge. You know? That dad's one of us. But then when you say something like him being a Republican and all this stuff, it's like, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Forget. Forget. Uh what you got for us? Nothing, man. I I, I just want Again, thank you guys. All the 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 love, the prayers, and everything that I've been getting, uh, the, all the check ins, you know. And and from the earlier discussion, I don't want you guys to think if you did tell me it was in God's plan and all that stuff, I don't want you to feel like I was coming for you um, because I understand where your heart is, uh, and, and I'm not judging or anything like that. But um, that's probably the response that a lot of people give. And the person that's receiving it a lot of times is probably thinking the same thing I was about. It's just chaos and, and, and it's ringing hollow now. But it, looking back, it, it's, it's going to, people are going to feel it. And I, and, and I feel it. And I know the love's there. I know you're trying to find the right answer and find the right thing to say. And so I just appreciate all of that. Um, and, uh, other than that, just thank you guys for all the love you're showing, um, to no, Three Brothers No Sense, the Facebook, page the instagram it's growing all of that social media um i'm loving to see all of the the merch and when you guys posting that saying hey i bought it or i i see it uh we see y'all and we appreciate it man so just keep doing that for us yeah and i'm glad you clarified that rosie so this was not a a jab at anybody because i too was that person would probably say those things until I was going through it myself and literally had a conversation with somebody 
and they made me aware of what I was saying versus what I was hearing and kind of brought it home for me. So a lot of times it's just searching for the right thing to say. But um, I'm going to go with Rosie. Thank you all. And I'm going to ask you guys to challenge us, man. What do you guys want to see from us? What do you want to hear from us? What do you need to do? What do we need to do to keep your attention? Get more, get more listeners. We're, we have almost 2000 followers and, you know, we want those 2000 followers to become to 2000 listeners. So we definitely want your support. We want to see what we can do to make this, this quarantine COVID-19 time period, a time that you guys really get to, uh, know the brothers better. So let us know what you need. I'm going to hold Rizzi's feet to the fire. He owes us a couple of videos. So make sure if he doesn't send those videos sometimes next week, you guys get at him. But it's three brothers to no sense signing off. You know how we do. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment. And most importantly, listen again. Talk to you later. <laughs>